Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to part two of the of the Stompcast. Um, Michelle and I are wandering in a, in a beautiful part of the world. We're doing um, some good steps. We're doing aren't some we? really good steps. I'm looking at my watch here. We've already do, we well, we've already done um, 1.6 kilometres. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> we're outside. We've got the dog walking. We've got birds tweeting away, and you know, we're sharing or I'm hearing um, your story and a very very powerful story to share. And I'm really grateful and appreciative of you being so open and. Uh, yeah, it's been it's, it's been hard Thank at times you. listening. To be honest, it's hard to listen and hear and mm. feel the pain that someone's been through. But I have no doubt it will help so many others. And I might might start from that point. Actually, I'd like to hear about that road in recovery. Why do you feel it's so important to have shared this? Because you you shared some of the in very raw and most difficult moments publicly, yeah. um, which quite rightly people have gone like, wow, like fair play and like just admiration and appreciation mm -hmm. why was why has that been important because a lot of people will do the opposite and want to Absolutely. do it quietly and, and there's no judgment on that either, no 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 not, not at all people I might think, want to do it privately i think that I, I i've been like um uh the minority when it comes to to sharing my story um but i do believe that times are changing and people are um in recovery or on or owning it and it's now actually like so amazing for anybody to say that they're in recovery and they've got themselves sober because they helped that one other person. I think for me, um, you know, I'm in a, a predicament that people know me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm well known, I suppose. And going into rehab was not a secret. It had been reported that I was going in before even my family knew I was going in. And so that level of anonymity, which is the, so the pillar the pillar already. point of recovery was God. already taken away yeah. but alcohol I do, anonymous yeah like, exactly know, like, exactly like, yeah thou yeah, shall remain anonymous the, in it and and that was taken away from me but i do think that that was the best thing that ever happened because i was able to get honest with everybody and i think that i if i had been doing this quietly I don't think I would have survived past a relapse and, and relapse has not been part of my story. But I think what's been great is that I've been able to talk so openly. It's been like counselling for me, being able to talk on a level that on a platform that has fortunately so many people stepped forward and asked for help or advice. And whilst I can't get back to you all, like I know you might be listening to this and Oh, well, she didn't get back to my question then and she didn't get back to me when I needed help. It's, it, it is very difficult because we get a lot of inbox right messages and we can't help it's everybody. It's also heavy as well. It is, There's it is because I used to do message. that. Yeah, I used to do that with, around the menopause and I used to help a lot of women. But I would be taking that home and it would have consequences on my relationship with my kids and my husband because I would be so emotionally spent with doing that. But what I try to do is, is give as much advice or just, just the right way to look for advice in things that hopefully people follow it because help is there. Yeah. Like, 
I'm in recovery and I follow a 12-step program of recovery and that means that I do the 12 steps and I go to meetings and I have a sponsor and I have sponsors which means that I help other women get sober and stay sober and that's just amazing. For, for people listening, what do you mean by sponsor? So a sponsor is somebody who's already done the 12 step work and the steps are in um, recovery um, and it's work that you do with your sponsor in order to, I suppose, find out what your attributes are, where you go wrong in life, owning up to situations, owning up to your past and what you did and moving on from it so that you can grow and making amends with people that you hurt along the way. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spiritual guideline, but it's, it's remarkable really. Like my husband's not, not an alcoholic. He's never even tasted alcohol before, but he's seen the steps and seen the way that I work and he applies that to his life. Um, so it really is incredible. So that's what sponsor does It's applicable for, for a lot of people, really, that mm -hmm. approach, I guess. Of ref it's a reflective practice for it, isn't it? Kind of Absolutely. Learning, reflective and growth. Yeah, definitely. Growth. You can You can apply the 12-step program to any area of your life. You know, it could be um, sex, um, um, food. monogamy, food. Oh, food's a massive thing for me. Um, food's always been something that I've struggled with since I was younger and, and knowing when enough is enough. I mean... I could eat anybody under the table and just not stop. Mm. And so I have to work on that. And it's the same way I work on not drinking again. Now, whilst we still need to eat mm. and I eat, it's about recognizing things that might attribute to me binge eating or not eating, you know? If, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, my, dog, my dog's <laughs> currently soaking wet. Can you hear guys, if I go near the water? <laughs> Bella is if, absolutely Bella, soaking you wet. you in the water? Oh, it looks beautiful, oh, though, guys, doesn't it? If you, if you were here, everybody, we've got a lovely stream, and there's kind of a, there's a little, uh, what's a cove, I guess, just off the stream that uh, Bella's just kind of splashing around in. And it looks really clear. It's and really she's, clear. she's found herself um, a beautiful black Labrador. She found a black Labrador. The uh, problem that she's is, is that with. Uh, he's had the snip and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Although um, she's definitely flirting. She's flirting, she's showing she off, is. she's got a bikini on, she's in, the, <laughs> she's, in the, she's in the water and showing off. Oh my God, they look, it looks like so much fun. I actually would get Tempted in there. Tempted to go in, to be honest. I know. How's it going in? You've got, you've got your swim stuff? No, no, I'll let Bella experience it for us. So when it comes to the 12 steps, where can people find out about that? If, they want, if they're listening, thinking, oh gosh, that actually, whether, like you said, actually, whatever area you want to apply it to, where can you learn about that? If you go to aa.org, it's all there, www.aa.org.com, mm. and it's all there. Um, everything, every time I do a post about sobriety or recovery or anything that I've gone through, I always put that website up because everything is there. It sounds like it's a lot. It sounds overwhelming and I remember first getting into the program and just thinking how how do I do all of this but it's a simple program that just needs action and the way they say it and the way I've said it as well is that the amount of time money and energy spent on keeping my addiction hidden and and getting my alcohol and drinking and it was every minute of every day that I spent on that mm. I don't spend that much time in recovery that it's not sense. that hard. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It's a very powerful way yeah. of putting it. So, 
if we, we, we kind of, you're, as we stand here, you're, is it two and a half years, you said? Two, um, two years and almost two months over. Sober. So, you know, at the end of part one, you talked about clearly a very, a time where you sounded really sick, you know, from what you've said. And to now, I'm here walking with you in the sunshine with, the, with your beautiful dog splashing away, flirting with a black lab. <laughs> What what happened? In, talk me through that kind of journey in between, you know, from rehab to now. Like, what 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 happened? Like, what was the process you've been through? I think and the learning as well. Yeah. I guess. Um, rehab's not for everybody. Um, I don't believe it fixes people. Mm. Um, it's what I did afterwards. Mm. You know, for me, rehab was something I needed medically. Um, I needed medical help. I was about to die, and I needed to be somewhere safe and detox properly and in there I, I, I heard about the steps but it, it wasn't something that I thought I needed to do it wasn't until I got myself to my first meeting it wasn't until I first went to my first AA meeting which was about three days after I left the Priory it was all on zoom because it was Covid and it wasn't until I heard somebody else share and their story was just like mine that I realized that I'm not the only one I'm not special it doesn't discriminate and the somebody else just spoke my language and they were two years sober and all they did was the 12 steps and got themselves a sponsor and went to meetings and so that's why I learned it and, and from that first meeting I just do what they did and there's thousands, millions of people in recovery, a lot, a lot of high profile people have come out over the last mm. few years, you know, Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, you've got Sir Anthony Hoffins, you've got loads of people that have come out and said, I've X amount of years sober, I've worked recovery. And um, it's not thing to be scared of, you know, it, it's, it's, it's also not something that, that should be flippantly a trend either, no. you know, you know, Walking around saying I'm now sober when you're not when you weren't an alcoholic isn't kind. It's not really cool, um, because us, us us people who were addicts were, were about to die, and um, we are now sober. Choosing not to drink is more appropriately. Mm. Um, well, that's interesting. And I put that my make sense? and I say because I um I when I stopped drinking alcohol and there is an interesting point that often I think people often don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes which is obviously a, a different story but when I decided to stop drinking I used the word sober as the point of being like not drinking uh -huh. alcohol and people said well actually like for people did who you are, have did you have a problem yeah well people I wouldn't say even a problem I said people said and I was like oh well do you know what then I can learn from that and I will use they, it was interesting because there were a lot of people who suffered addiction who said, actually, it's, it, it is, you are abstaining from alcohol. But then obviously there were quite a lot of people who said, actually, for addiction, it, it's, it's, it's related to addiction. So I said, well, okay, well, I'll use, it makes sense. And oh, but you, you can't appreciate, please anybody, can you? No, but you should appreciate people's, and, and, and I say, I say the word, I say alcohol-free or, or sober because I don't know what people prefer in terms of who I'm talking to. Yeah. But to me, what I'm talking about is making it a choice where I was like, I was not happy the way I was going in my yeah. life with alcohol. It was affecting my life in a way that I was not happy with and mm -hmm. I wanted to stop. I didn't feel a sense of addiction and mm -hmm. the stopping was actually so much easier than I thought it was going to be in the sense of, and I don't say that thing in the context that I know. It means that you're you, not like me. But I, I, but I just mean in yeah. the point I was just like, I can stop this. But when I stopped, what I didn't know is how much it was actually affecting my life. I was four or five stone overweight part of that in the food as well it was affecting relationships my work everything lots of ways of my life mm -hmm. so you know there's people talk about alcohol use disorder not diagnosed with anything but obviously there is a question around like how much it was really affecting you know my life and and so on but i was able to make that choice and to 
and to stop. So it's, that's why it's important to have these conversations that people kind of learn, actually. Yeah. It's good for people to learn and understand. And I, and I think it's an important part of life for being able to reflect and go, OK, fair enough, I didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. I'll, use, I'll use a different phrase because you don't want to devalue... This validation yeah. is very important, and it's the same with things like ADHD. Where you say that flippantly, people go, mm -hmm. people say people think say things flippantly. They go, oh, I got, oh yeah, everyone's a bit ADHD. Oh or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got but ADHD. Not really. it's like, have you been diagnosed? Yeah, with it? Have you been yeah. Sort of, not it removes validation that yeah, exactly. people actually live with it every day. Yeah, yeah. And only since I stopped drinking, I realised how much drinking was actually medic like a medicinally mm -hmm. treating, not really treating. I don't want to use that word because it doesn't help, but like it was doing something with my ADHD. It's only stopped drinking. You go, oh shit. So I completely get what you mean. I don't get what you mean, but I, I, I can relate in some sense in terms of the, of the words of we use do matter. They do, it does yeah, matter in understanding Yeah, I think you're right. Learning. The way that you described it, you know, to ADHD or to um, dyslexia or eating disorders, you know, we're, we're quite quick to label and, and mm. often young people today are quite quick to label themselves because it's, it's uncool to not have a label. Um, but these labels to, to a lot of people who, who have been diagnosed mean an awful lot and are life changing. Um, so we shouldn't be so quick as to label people an alcoholic or an addict unless, unless they can't stop drinking. You know, at the end of the day, an alcoholic is, is somebody who, who repeats the same thing over and over again and can't stop no matter what the consequences are. Have you found that, so someone like myself and my kind of decision to become alcohol free, have you found that part of obviously you've helped so many people who are suffering from addiction, mm -hmm. but have you also found that there's a lot of people that have gone, okay, I might not be suffering from addiction, mm -hmm. but actually I'm not happy with how my life is with yes. alcohol. Because that's kind of what's happened. I mean, I've been, yes. I was inspired, inspired by um, the unexpected joys of um, becoming yeah. sober. Um, by Catherine Gray. I think yeah, I know. That. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I, I was inspired, and that's a story of someone who suffered with extreme addiction. But it really inspired me to to make the yeah. decision I have. So have you, like, have you seen yeah, a growing trend? Right. And a trend is not. I don't want to use the trend in negative terms. No, I think but it's, there is. It's so, really positive yeah. that people are deciding it's, not to drink alcohol. It is a positive trend, definitely. And I think, um, you know, it's it's not drinking alcohol and being absolutely wasted just isn't the done thing anymore it doesn't seem to be you know we're not we're not in the big market in newcastle anymore i think like more some people are but i think like we've moved on culturally from that kind of um drinking career with people and i think we've become more civilized and for those who go out a lot and don't want to have that sore head in the morning they're switching to non-alcoholic drinks and that's amazing like young people like, are like really doing huge. that as well we're seeing like it's like one in four students that mm. are opting not to drink alcohol i mean that's yeah that's a huge proportion that is massive and we are seeing a massive surge of young people deciding not to drink alcoholic drinks at the at most of the time and switching to non-alcoholic because there's, you know, the, the competition in the market is becoming more tasteful. We have nicer tasting non-alcoholic drinks. So it's, you know, whilst it's not for everybody and whilst it can be triggering to alcoholics. So I don't recommend alcoholics all of a sudden stop drinking and going to non-alcoholic drinks. It, it doesn't quite work like that if you're in addiction. Mm. Um, it's something you kind of learn if, if you've done the work, you know, and if you're strong enough. But for those who, who aren't necessarily worried about the alcohol, content but they just prefer themselves when they haven't been drinking it's such a great alternative mm. i think it's amazing 
And I might just make a note as well, just because we were talking about it, if you are drinking a lot of alcohol, don't just suddenly stop. Um, there's obviously can be serious yes. health consequences of stopping. And the big thing about rehab is, is, is safely detoxifying. Exactly. It's so, so reducing the alcohol content. Exactly. Actually stopping. Just like mental health medications, I mention this a lot on the podcast, if you're on these kind of medications or on any drug, and alcohol is of course is a drug, just stopping without the guidance of a doctor is pretty much always yeah. unsafe. So I'm glad you mentioned that. that because when I first heard from my GP not to stop drinking but to gradually reduce it, that was my get out of frail G card, um, get out of frail, get, get out, out of jail, jail free card it's a hot day. to drink more. <laughs> you know, when yeah. I use that, I use that tool to drink more. And so I abuse that source of information, but it is very, very important. It is not the doctor saying continue to drink as you are. It's saying not to stop altogether and seek professional help in how you cut down. That's what it's saying. Yeah, so you're absolutely right to mention that. I do think that one of the big, there's a few reasons I think that there's been a shift in the relationship of this country with alcohol. I know we've got a long way to go, but there has been so much of a shift. And the three things that I feel is, one is people like yourselves, you know, in the past, people used to kind of hide away, go into rehab, keep it secret, or not talk about addiction. You've got very big profile people who mm -hmm. are talking about it openly, being really honest about it. I think that's one thing. I think the country is becoming so much more interested in health, well-being, mental health, and yeah. you know the the benefits of that. And I think the um, I think the third thing is that there's less glorifying of alcohol. So not just like high negative stuff, but there's less glorifying of this thing. It's like not as it's not as cool. Young, I think yeah. young people don't, they're like, it's that's uncool it. to be drunk now. I was like, why are you, you know, that, that's not like a, a thing that's seen it's not as cool. cool. You know, like, I don't know what I was thinking when I was, you know, when I was younger, but I, I know I had some great times, so I'm mm. not taking away that. I'm not saying, oh my God, every time I drank was awful. It most certainly wasn't. Um, but, you know, the consequences of my drinking and, and my addictions were terrifying, heartbreaking, and just just not worth that pain. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if I had noted it or got help before, maybe I wouldn't be as bad, but to be honest with you, I don't think even knowing what I suffered from would have stopped me at that point. I think, you know, you sharing about it also makes people feel less ashamed about things in their own family. Like, our, yes. I've never actually spoken about this ever, but within my family, there was there's several people that suffered with very severe addiction. Some people still do. Um, they're actually not within my my parents, or but uh, like very close family. And that has had a huge effect on our family yeah. over the years. And, oh, and, God, and, it, yeah. it, and it's... And it's, and it's it's been hard and it's been, and therefore alcohol in my family has always been something that my family have worried about for that reason. I grew up, I think my parents were quite, my parents don't drink mm -hmm. very much at all, really. And I think that's probably because they've seen what's happened like around them, but I don't think yeah. they would talk about that particularly yeah. openly. And I yeah. think there's a, there's a lot of removing of shame and stigma when people actually go, do you know what? Like it's something you said a little bit earlier that Alcohol doesn't discriminate, doesn't care who you are, yeah, where you're from, yeah, it doesn't or what you've done or how exactly. amazing you are, like it doesn't care, does it? We're from all walks of life, um, you know, like I, I remember going in the Priory and seeing um, this guy that came in and he was the epitome of what you thought an alcoholic was. He was in his trench coat, looked like he just walked off train spot in, smelt of alcohol, had the paper bag, had the shakes, trembling. He, he's still sober today. You know, and then there was a lawyer at top of his game, absolutely smashing it in work 
and he couldn't stop gambling and and paying for sex for example and um he he isn't recovered in fact he actually lost his life last year oh, um gosh. because well i don't even know why I, i'm not him but he just couldn't find his way out of it mm. and it goes to show that it doesn't discriminate you know there's all walks of life and and unless you're willing to admit that you've got a problem you, it's really difficult to get help and the family around you right if there's anything i can say to the family um you know now coming out the other side and and what Hugh and the kids and my friends went through you know they spent years blaming themselves and um, my bandmates spent years thinking maybe we should shut the band up because that's where she's drinking when she's on tour um you know my husband's worrying sick that when he brings home a bottle of wine on my birthday he's enabling it you know it's not your fault guys like the families who are trying to take care or worrying about their suffering alcoholic it isn't your fault we would drink anyway you know that extra bottle of birthdays or drinking on tour with the girls that was just another place to drink if i'm an addict if i'm an alcoholic i will drink anyway and i will find it no matter what and no matter how much help you try and give somebody they're just if they're not ready to accept it you're not going to be able to get through so if there's anybody listening with somebody who they care about who's going through this just be patient let them know that you're there when they are ready and they have to be ready and willing to change in order for the change to come if you force it too much and they try and change just for you it will not work it will not work they'll go back out because unless they're doing it for themselves and unless i was completely done at the bottom of the barrel and i was just exhausted and i needed help and i asked for help if i said yes to rehab 2 years previous because my husband wanted me to it wouldn't have worked for me you have to be what you're you saying almost sounds like you have to be ready yeah i think that's some unbelievable unbelievably powerful advice what would you if you go into as we draw to a close a part 2 mm-hmm. and we're going to move and shift conversation in part 3. I just wonder if you could share maybe some hope or some advice to anyone that's has listened to this and goes you know what I've I feel there's something in this I feel that I relate to this. What would you say to that person? I think if you're the one that's suffering in silence and you think you might have something but you're not sure visit aa.org because they've got all the questions there and the helplines ring the helpline somebody answers it there's their man's 24 hours day um and the people who do service are the people who are in recovery so you're speaking to a fellow alcoholic or addict and that's what's great about it if you've got a loved one visit the same place because they've got something called alanon which is for the family and friends of the suffering which is like aa but for the families and the loved ones um and know that there is hope at the end of the day i was about to die i couldn't stop drinking no matter what happened i woke up and i drank neat vodka i was i was being sick with blood i couldn't control my my my, my toilet habits i looked like i was going to die not only was i going to die and i survived and i was able to get help and i'm still here now and you know i feel like i'm i'm i've never been healthier and that's because i did the work and i got help um so it is possible it's absolutely possible because i was just done i was dead well i think on that note i'm going to give you a hug of us right because it's so powerful 
Thank you so much for sharing that. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and I, as I said, I'm you no doubt nice. helped so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Even despite the bushes and the, the, the stomping. And stuff. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. So powerfully, you are incredibly just so inspiring. And I, any, anything else I say is just going to be rubbish <laughs> after that. So I'm going to say thank you so much. And we're going to end part two. Uh, in part three, another power, but you're such a sharer. It's un unbelievable in terms of, yeah, the things that you've experienced and gone through. But we're going to talk about something that I think has or does affect a lot of people uh, around menopause, but also early menopause and, and some of your uh, some of your story and, and, and things that you've experienced. So let's talk about that in part three. I'll say thank you so much, guys, for part two. Just a final note, I'll be leaving the um, links to support services uh, that have been mentioned in the show notes. So you can uh, find them there or, of course, go online and search. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.